1: Hello friends and welcome to Red Hot Heath Towers for your latest helping of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. It's smoking outside, it's red hot and it's red hot in here as well because we're about to talk about Ipswich Town as only the Kings of Anglia can do. I'm your host Mark Heath. With me for this show, Stuart Watson and Ross Hall. Stewie, best friends with Mark Ashton. You now have breakfast meetings every morning to talk about synergy and uh, compliance and and culture. Um, Obviously, we dropped yesterday. A little Monday morning special for the KOA Army, your latest exclusive chat with Mr Ashton, You and Hutchie. How are you, my bald friend?
0: I'm all right, thank you. i um, not enjoying the heat as much because I live out on the sticks and the farmers are spreading quite a decent amount of manure across the fields, <laughs> which is wafting in. So I'm either windows shut and sort of melting or windows open and, and getting the whiff of that coming in.
1: Rural life, but rural mm. Suffolk. I'd imagine in the heat as well, that smell is really magnified.
0: Yeah, really, really pungent. I was going to use, I was going to use a phrase from Anchorman then, but probably not appropriate. <laughs> the one about Bigfoot.
1: <laughs> amazing, amazing reference. I think people know what you mean. Um, and our third wheel today on this the three wheel trike, young man Ross Halls just come off one podcast, Rossi, recording one podcast, bam straight into another. Um, you've just been doing Tractor Girls Talk, haven't you? Another one of our excellent shows on the KOA channel. How are you and, and what was the uh, the latest chat there about? Uh, wins,
2: you know, You know the men can't win games, but luckily the women's side can. Uh, no goals conceded, so um, happy days. And um, I'm going to give a shout out to Stu and Andy, the Mark Ashton pod. Unbelievable. I may chat my CV to Mark Ashton because I may get a part-time job being a painter. That's what he wants. So I may <laughs> go
1: for it. You could talk about beards and everything. Um, Tractor Girls Talk will drop. When will that be? Thursday, would it be? Wednesday, is it tomorrow? I've forgotten. We, we put out so many shows. It's ridiculous. Uh, it'll go
2: out Wednesday. I think that's a
1: good slot for it. Wednesday. Mm. Don't do it. Not another one, Stewie. Uh, that's, your, that's your best impression. <laughs> Not another one. Bloody hell, another KOA show. Um, right then, boys, let's get into it. There's obviously no game to talk about from the weekend, but there is plenty to dive headfirst into. I want to start with that special, that Mark Ashton KOA special. Uh, which is a fantastic listen. If you haven't listened, and I know thousands of you already have, um, do go back and listen to it because it is fantastic stuff. Stewie, it's your time to shine. Um, Take us through your impressions of Mr Ashton this time. Um, Were you you in his office again? Has has, has much changed since you were last in there? Is he still in the the top of the stairs office?
0: A lot has changed since we were last in there. I think that was early July time, was it? Maybe even June when we first spoke to Mark Ashton and went into his office. You may remember in the kind of behind the scenes chat um, from that first one that there was a, a pigeon problem going on at Portman Road. We, we had to pause recording a few times because there was pigeons trapped in the uh, inner walls, flapping around. <laughs> and um, it was a pretty tired – people have talked about Portman Road being a tired stadium – inner workings of this of the stadium were were no different to be quite honest the everything about it looked looked pretty tired and Mark Ashton, as we know, spoke so passionately in that first one about needing to to raise standards and this isn't good enough and we're open for business and replacing light bulbs in the the side the which town sign and making sure there's a receptionist in reception at all times, all those things. And you can start to see some of that coming into action now. As we came in up the stairs, it was a hive of activity, less than 48 hours on from the window shutting, boxes everywhere, workmen everywhere. Um, finally went through to Mark's office, which has been completely done. It's the first room that's that's probably didn't been done up. It's amazing what, as Mark said himself, amazing what a fresh carpet and a lick of paint does. It's unrecognisable. And it looks like a place... If you were to bring in, you know, if Rosie Richardson is bringing in someone to try and do commercial deals and sell some boxes to, you're going to think this is a, this is a proper football club. And if you were bringing in players and their relatives to try and persuade them to sign, it's your surroundings make such a difference to, to how you work, don't they? And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's looking good. You can see the, the work, all the things that Mark spoke about in that first pod about improving things. You can start to see it happening before your eyes now.
1: Mm. And t- obviously a big trademark of what we do is peek behind the curtain. So just take people behind the scenes. That office he's in used to be the manager's office, didn't it? It certainly used to be Mick McCarthy's office back in the day. So where's Paul Cook now? Do you know where he is in the building? Has he got an office himself? Or
0: um, <clears throat> Honestly, I don't quite know where he'll be based at Portman road. I think he'll probably spend most of his time at the, at the training ground. Mark Mm. spoke about early starts and at sort of uh, six o'clock in the morning, they quite often sort of pass each other in their cars on the road as, as Paul heads off to the training ground and Mark's heading to Portman road. And they sort of have a a laugh and a wave to each other as they head off for their respective days. Um, So, not quite sure where Paul Cook's base is at Portman Road, but, you know, you get to the top of the stairs. If people know the main reception at the end of the drive, you've got that sort of boardroom, mm. the, the, the wooden boardroom where you often see sort of people penning their new contracts and stuff. And then sort of behind there is, is Mark's new office. And then um, just off of that is going to be sort of where the, the media team are and the various other other different departments. will be all sort of pretty close to Mark with his open door policy to... Uh, to to get the business of the business going, which is what Mark says is now his job. I think in many ways, he's quite relieved that the window is shut and he can actually crack on with sorting out a lot of the other stuff, the, the less sexy stuff behind the scenes.
1: Hmm. We'll dive into the interview itself in a minute, but just one final question to you. What's on the walls in Mark, Mark Ashton's office? I imagine he'd be a man for inspirational quotes on the walls. No I in team and or adversity and all that sort of stuff. Is there, is there lots of stuff like that on the walls? He got nice pictures of of players he's worked with. What's he got on the walls?
0: He's very much not into the motivational quotes. I can tell you that he's in the process of getting a lot of those removed from around the dressing room area and from up the training ground that kind of went up around the start of the Paul Hurst era. I've seen quite a few painter and decorator jobs over the last few years as different people come in and want their own stamp on things. Um, He's not. He's made that clear uh, to us that he's not into the kind of the the cliched Vince Lombardi quotes and things like that. He, he wants them to be specific to the club, and they've yeah. got their run, run towards adversity, which is you know something that is specific to Ipswich, and we know about that message. So they want that to be front and center. But the other ones that you know, I think they just feel like they they don't really mean anything, and people kind of just gloss over them. So they're in the process of coming down in terms of other stuff in his office. um, I don't think he will mind us sharing this, but there is the biggest bottle of champagne I have ever seen waist high um, in the corner. I asked him uh, where that had come from. Marcus Evans sent it to him as a gift on the first day of the job to say, good luck with a, uh, a really nice note to say, uh, he hopes it all, all goes really well. So um, lest we forget that Marcus Evans has been the man that, that's passed the club on into, we hope, and looks very much like very good hands. So that was quite interesting. And then he's got a few other bits I think we mentioned before. The uh, the bonsai tree, which was a gift from Nigel Pearson after he left Bristol City, which looks like it's being well cared for. Um, and then a few other little bits. He's got uh, a Peaky Blinders Um, poster that's been framed, which is, I think, was a gift from someone referenced to his uh Midlands roots, of course. So, um, I'm sure that will go up at some stage.
1: There we go. He definitely hasn't got a stencil on the wall that says love, life, family, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good. I also imagine he's the sort of man who might have a desktop humidor with some fine Cuban cigars on there. Do you get any insight there? Has he got no
0: mention mention of cigars? We asked obviously how did he how did he celebrate the window slamming shut at 11 p.m last last tuesday it was jack daniels jack daniels in a, in a dark corner of the room on my own um sunk through relief more than anything
1: he needs to step up his whiskey game straight away jack daniels absolute joke you not been drinking that neat
0: <laughs> i knew you'd have something to say about that one
1: <laughs> he should be a fine single malt man island man not jack daniels ridiculous you have that with coke um roscoe the interview itself, you've listened to it. You sent us a message yesterday morning to the group chat just saying this is fire, uh, and it is. It's a, it's a tremendous listen. Um, What are your main takeaways from it before we get back into it with Stu?
2: Just so ho- how open he was with the, the transfer business, you know, with the Celine a bit. Um, I think the Edwards one was good about... That is a ma- massive thing, I think, for players, is family, you know, you know, telling them the truth instead of, like, saying, yeah, this is what you're going to get, this blah, blah, blah. I think just openness is happy to share you know, of course he's not going to share the ins and outs of all the deals, but I think that was the one takeaway is the, the transfer dealings and just, it's just great that we've got someone talking to us. Finally, you know, mm. we've had Marcus Evans, you know, the one interview, you know, every five, 10 years. Um, and now, you know, Andy and Stu have now done two with Mark Aston. in, you know, he's very open. He's very, he's very well spoken. He, um, I think he's a lot of, a lot of fans have fell in love with him a little bit because um, of all his things he's saying, of course, he's going to say all the good things, um. But, yeah, it's been fantastic and it was fire. I did enjoy it. I'm not being bars either.
1: Yeah. Um, Stewie, have you been surprised in, in how open he's been, Ashton? I mean, he came when he came to the club, he had a bit of a reputation for being occasionally difficult with the press. Um, but he's been incredibly open, uh, incredibly welcoming um and in interviews, you and Andy have got some absolute gold out of him, so has that surprised you a little bit? i mean clearly it's it's right that's what he should be doing, that's what the club should be doing. but has it surprised you
0: um good question <sighs> thanks <laughs> a little bit a little bit i think he's he's made it clear that throughout his sort of journey as a as a boardroom member he's learnt. You learn a lot of stuff, like we all do, and, and I think sort of his relations with the press wasn't great at Watford, and probably sort of learned as a, as a young man from his time there. And um, we seem to have got off Andy and I and, and Mark seem to have got off to, to a decent start. I think it's a like all relationships, it's born out of honesty, and I think you mm. referenced in as much as you don't want to sort of show your full hand, you know, the club doesn't want to show their full hand at all times, and we don't want to show ours but I think people respect transparency and honesty to a point I think most people will understand that we can't give away all of your trade secrets that's the same in any business but the more you educate people the more they feel part of the journey the better for everyone and I think we've kind of come to that realization that we try and give this little peek behind the curtain and humanize what we do a little bit more and I think um mark's obviously doing that with with the club as well along with the the american owners so um yeah it's uh it's it's working okay at the moment but i think we're we all are aware that this is very much the, the honeymoon period at, at the moment and when you get into the muck and bullets of a, of a football season with the when things can go in different directions that that's the true test of things but we think we've all laid our cards on the table and said that we've, we've got our own jobs to do and there's no reason why there can't be, it can't be that sort of symbiotic relationship where, where everyone wins hopefully. So mm. um, yeah, we're just really grateful to to Mark for giving up his time to, to do it. And um, it seems to have, have gone down quite well.
1: Mm. The interview itself then, Stewie, 15 minutes of, of great listening. What are your main takeaways from it? Are the things that, surprised you that he revealed the little bits of information that you got what you're saying
0: um i don't think there was any sort of huge revelations there for me it's just getting that little bit of insight the little bit of color the little bit of mm. just a, a feel as i say the, the human side of of things um i think it was good that mark had the platform to kind of say that the net spend has has been pretty much break even in in terms of transfer fees and he was able to kind of set the record straight in terms of those on the outside talking about, oh, this could catch up on Ipswich from a financial fair play perspective. And it was good to see the inner workings of the, we plan, we plan, we plan, we plan ahead. We've got, we're thinking one, two, three years, and we've got a diagram on the wall. And if we make a decision here that has a consequence on this player here, are we comfortable with that consequence? And, um, just to hear the sort of the workings, the thought process that goes on behind decisions, I think will, will calm people a little bit. Sometimes the more you're kind of cut off from stuff, you can, you can just think that things are scattergun or Mm. done on, done on, uh, instinct where that that couldn't be further from the truth even with the two deadline day signings or the three signings that have come from Saturday and people might look at it and go well they haven't won six games it's a it's a panic decision it's not these were deals that were that they wanted to do from day one Selena he says was the, the very first player that he spoke about on the phone with Paul Cook before they'd even met Morsey came up very early in discussions as well Walton. He's kind of set the record straight in terms of we always wanted two goalkeepers. So just to get those little snippets of information, I just think is um, is really good for, for football fans.
1: Hmm. How does he you strike you, your This is your 10th season of, of covering Ipswich Town. Um, you certainly don't look old enough to have covered Ipswich Town for 10 years, if you don't mind me saying. Um, but you've worked with a lot of chief executives in that time, Simon Clegg, Ian Milne, um, other people at the, at the top of the club. Clearly, obviously, you interviewed Marcus Evans as well. A lot has been made about um, Ashton being a proper football man. And and there's no doubt about it when you speak to him and we've all had dealings with him. He's a very, very impressive man. But for you, how does he compare to, to other guys you've worked with at, at the top of the club? And does does he give you kind of more confidence in the future the direction of the club?
0: Yes, yeah, season number 11 for me, remarkably. Um, <clears throat> yeah, No get away from it, he's night and day in terms of Simon Clegg and and Ian Milne, who through no fault of their own hadn't come from a football background. Simon Clegg had come obviously from the Olympics Mm. uh, administration background. Simon Clegg and Jonathan Simmons had obviously come from within the Marcus Evans regime that sort of uh, their specialities. Ian's was in in law, John Jonathan's was in it, Mm. so they obviously. Are smart, intelligent people to get to those sort of positions that they have in life. But football is an industry like no other. And I think it dawns on people that not necessarily things that skills or knowledge that would have been transferable across a lot of other industries, the rules don't necessarily apply in football. Some of them do, of course they do. But everything is so based around those 90 minutes every Saturday, every Tuesday. It affects all those other different parts of, of the business. You can do everything right. And if it doesn't happen on 90 minutes, it, it changes that. And I think um, Mark obviously has that that experience rooted in, you know, over a period of time. And, he, you know, he's been open enough to say how much he's learned from Watford, even from Bristol City in the, in the last year or so. I think he's learned a lot even from, if you go through the responses to from Bristol City fans when he left, it's it's pretty clear that that there wasn't too many tears shed there Mm. from them. And I think one of the the big accusations leveled at Mark is that he's he's great on a PR front when things are going well, but wasn't necessarily as visible when things weren't going as well. And already, I think Mark's learned from that and said, look, I'm going to make sure win, lose or draw, I will do these fans forums on a regular basis. I, I think, I hope that he'll continue to do stuff with us and other external media on on a regular basis. And I think that that will go a long way um, to keeping that sort of good, goodwill bubbling along.
1: Mm. Yeah, that is going to be interesting. You say it's kind of easy for him to do this at the moment because there's so much good feeling around, but like Martin Luther King said, the true test of a man or woman um, is not in times of consensus and conformity. It's in times of conflict and controversy. So fingers crossed, he'll continue to, to speak and be be open with us all um, when things, because they will at some point get a bit sticky. Um, Hopefully not this season, maybe next season when they're in a championship, who knows? But there certainly will be times when it's going to be difficult um, and hopefully he'll remain open with us. Now, before we move on to you, I've just got one little bone to pick with you. And Hutch, who's obviously not here today. You've now had two sit-downs with the man, Mark Ashton, and yet we are still none the wiser about his testicular trimming regime. And also... I didn't hear any questions about Cameron Burgess's ass and how hairy it was. So, you know, people are saying you've done a good job, but frankly, mate, mediocre for me. How do you defend yourself?
0: Um, can't defend the indefensible. Completely <laughs> bottled it on, on both fronts. I know that's what the people wanted. Um, just, I don't think the relationship's quite there at the moment. Maybe give it another one or two of those. Um, yeah. I'll start taking it into some more left field
1: territory. (laughs) We'll get there. I mean, obviously be interested, I assume in the, in the manscaped um, code KOA at at manscaped.com, 20% off and free delivery. I know he's, he's a man rolling in cash, but Hey, we can all take 20% off. Can't we, when we can get it right then boys, um, you could make the argument that Mark Ashton is the best signing of the summer. He's certainly done some incredible work this summer, but I want to talk now about the 19 signings that town have made before that window slammed shut. And it was an exciting day. Me and Hutchie reflecting on it late last Tuesday night, slightly um, befuddled and, and bewildered by it all. It was it was crazy. Um, and, boys, bef- before we get into ranking them, because that's what I want to do, 1 to 19, we've not had you talking about it on this particular flagship podcast. So, Rossi, just how do you reflect on what Town have done this summer? Because we had – clearly, we had hints of what was going to happen. We heard Demolition Man and – Johnson talking about 10% of the roster being kept, and we thought, wow, this is amazing. But you always think, yeah, but is that really good? I mean, that seems extraordinary. And what has happened has been extraordinary. There's been, I mean, we keep saying a summer like no other, and it really has been a summer like no other. And it, uh, we'll probably never have a summer like this again. um What do you make of it all now, Ross? Now that now the window's shut, Town have got 19 new faces in. They've signed players frankly, some of them who shouldn't be playing in League One, let's be honest. Um, what do you make of it all?
2: Excited. yeah, Very excited. Um, it, it's, it's mad. It's absolutely mad. Although I'm not surprised because at the end of the day, we released a lot of players, a lot of the, you know, Luke Chambers and co and we needed to replace them. So I'm sure we weren't you know, surprised to see that many players come in, but I think it's just the, the standard of players like Carl Edwards, Burson um, call it Bond, my boy. You know, weren't expecting these sort of players to come in and every week, you know, it's kept us busy, kept us doing Andy on their toes about writing stories and yourself as well. Um, it's just been, it's just exciting. I cannot wait to see these players in action. They've had two weeks on the training ground now to, um, with no game to really, you know, gel together. But I'm just so excited um, and I'm just surprised that we've been able to get the players we've got and um, yeah, I can't wait. 55 though, Morsey, what's going on? Stupid number
1: well he explained that didn't he yeah interview. but we still... put an interview out he, he wanted five he couldn't get five so he took 55 because it's his dad's oh. birth year as well 1955 yeah. so there you go um stewie you are a long in the tooth veteran journalist um cynical as we all are hardened by the years of covering football uh but when i spoke to hutchy about this last tuesday as we we're giggling like schoolgirls about it he said that this window is unlike anything he's ever encountered in his in his career. How do you reflect? Because we've had years, Stewie, you and me, we've been a team since 2011 of absolute boredom on deadline day. We always used to try and make out that it was going to be exciting and we'd end up with them signing. Um, what was his name? Big Kiefer Moore for 10 grand or, you know, someone that we were like thoroughly underwhelmed by or nothing happened at all. And we were trying to boost it all day and then nothing happened. So, how do you reflect on on what Town have done in this window and what it's been like for you personally to cover it?
0: Uh, if it happens again, something has gone drastically wrong. I'll <laughs> say that for a start. Um, Mark Ashton is very, very keen to set a level of expectation that this won't happen every summer. Um um, I'm excited, the same as everybody else, of course I am, but you always have that little, like you say, that level of cynicism that builds up over over time, and I think certainly anyone associated with Ipswich Town over the last decade, 20 years, has got that little devil on the shoulder, just whispering voices of, of doubt, you know, you was excited when Marcus Evans took over as well, wasn't you? You was excited when Paul Hurst and hashtag new era, look how that turned out, and you start to see dangers where maybe there not necessarily is dangers that, oh, you know, there's too much change and the rotation will return. And by the time they gel, the season will be slipping away. And I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't still a few of those little doubts niggling away in your mind because that's when you've been through it before you don't sort of commit emotionally to something because you kind of think, well, I don't, you know, it's just, it makes the hurt and the disappointment all the greater, mm. but it does feel different and it is, it doesn't just feel different. You can back it up with facts. Now, I think before with the Hearst excitement, we were trying to hype up the change. And really, if you took a step back, you they were signing players from league two and league one asking players to jump up a level and, it's there to be seen now. The stats are there to be seen. Like the number of promotions on these players' CVs, the number of championship appearances on these players. And these aren't 30, 31, 32-year-old players towards the end of their careers either. These are players that are prime age as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it's there to see. It's just... And I think that this preach for, for time and patience is fair again take a step back as much as working on the training pitch it's letting these guys settle as well like picture yourself moving hundreds of miles across the country leaving your your family behind temporarily moving from hotel to hotel out of a bag and Mm. still getting to those nerves of starting a new job which is no different for any footballer I think that's 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 all very valid as well so the hope is that they reach their tipping point in the transfer market when Mark was kind of reflecting on the tipping point of the summer being when they got the Chaplin and Edmondson deals done, and that was a major tipping point and things snowballed from there. The hope is that there's a similar tipping point on the pitch now, that they get that first win, hopefully on Saturday against Bolton. And you know, once that momentum builds, it becomes very difficult, very difficult to stop. That's a, a phrase that we heard Paul Lambert talk about a lot, <laughs> yeah. didn't we? Yeah. And you know, that would be so powerful when it gets going. But Ultimately, it didn't, but the, the resources are there now. The players are there now. There's no reason why we shouldn't get to that point, hopefully sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, we just need lift off, don't we? We'll come on to Bolton at the end of this. Uh, but now, boys, I want to have a bit of fun. We, we've mentioned there the 19 signings. For a bit over the weekend with no game, I, I ranked all 19 of them. I didn't want to call it best to worst signings because I think calling someone a worst signing before they've really even played for town is a bit unfair. So I ranked it on excitement and potential of the signings. Um so my one to nineteen is out there and I want to debate it now with you boys and find out what you think. I'm sure there's probably at least two spots we, we're going to agree on. Um but let me let me start by reading out let's do it sort of by fives. So my my top five Bert Selina number one. I think that might be something we agree on, but we'll find out in a minute. Sam Morsey number two. Again I'm pleading guilty to any sort of um, recency bias allegations because they're the final two who came in. They're the, the two we, we were most excited about recently. And I do think they are in terms of signings, the best that town have made Um Morsey especially I think could be the, the absolute key to everything. Although I did say that about the Evans earlier in, in the year. So gloss over that. Um, num- number three, Kyle Edwards, Eduardo, Easy whatever you want to call him. Fantastic. Number four, still not sure about the status of his, his hairy ass, but Cameron Burgess is number four for me. Yes, a defender in the top five. Yes, Town have got a ridiculous amount of attacking options, but I think Cameron Burgess is an absolutely brilliant signing and very key to what Town need. And number five, a bit out of left field, baby. I've gone Connor Chaplin, who we've only seen play once, um, and a lot of people have come up at me and said, well, what, top five, Connor Chaplin? But lest we forget, friends, that this is a guy who played for Barnsley in the Championship Playoffs last season, and he's dropped down. He was the first, really, to drop down, and he's too good of a player not to have some sort of impact at town this season. So that's my top five. Selina, Morsey, Edwards, Burgess, Chaplin. Rossi, do you want to hit us with your top five and defend them?
2: Uh, top spot is going to Sam Morsey. Oh, I think, okay. Yeah, I think that is one unbelievable signing. Um, an obvious signing in a way, though, because Paul Cook's had him at Chesterfield and Wigan before, and he's captain, mm-hmm. and I think he is the next captain. Sorry, Lee. Um, yeah, that's, that's gone for you. Um, of course, Burst and at seconds. second. Um, yeah, what a signing. Just unbelievable. I, I loved, you know, that was when I was still a fan. I'm still a fan now, of course, but that's when I was still in the terraces and still, you know. Shouting out, you know, the chance and stuff. And he was, um, he was a player that I just loved. Um, so Burson, uh, number three, um, it's got to be the rapper slash <laughs> winger in yeah. Carl Edwards as well. Um, he's excited me already. Um, I think he just needs to add some assists and goals to his, you know, he's because I was looking at his stats at his previous clubs. He hasn't really done much really. He's just got that name, he's got that pedigree of. Doing well, um, I'm sure we'll get that. Um, number four, I'm going to go with a defender as well, and I think it's Cameron Burgess. I think that is one great signing for this for this level mm. um, signing for Accrington. I've always been impressed with him when we played Accrington because we always lose against them, or we'll sometimes get a win. Um, and then number five, I've got to mention my boy, my Cordybon. Um, yeah. He he's he's off like a train. Boyhood club, uh, charity boy, just like me. And um, gold in a month. And he's probably going to get player in a month. So, yeah, that's my top five.
1: You, I mean, there is definitely a case that that Bond should be higher in my list, given that he's, he's got three and five. It should be four and five. Have you been surprised how well he started? I mean, I know he's, he's your best mate and everything, Rossi. But um <laughs> he was, I mean, Piggott was the man, wasn't he? When they brought him in, he was like, oh, Piggott's going to start. He's going to get 20 goals. But But Bond has been the man so far. Has that surprised you?
2: A little bit. Um, I, I felt like he was going to score at this level because I think he's he's proven he can score in the championship and he's you know scored in League Two before. Um, but I think just that home going to Portman Road, I think he's, he's got everyone on his side. Um, and for him to well, he's scored all of his goals at home so far. But him yeah. to bounce back from the Cheltenham miss and then score two, one of them an absolute weldy. Um, I have been surprised that he's scored the amount of goals he has, but. Um, I think yeah, he's just he's using that momentum of the fans on his side, wearing that badge with pride. Um, and that isn't being biased about, on him, but I just thought he's done really well, and I'm pleased that he's got the goals. Many oh, More def- to come, I'm sure.
1: It's definitely sweeter, isn't it? The fact he's a he's a proper town fan. He's from Chantry. It, it's so nice. I mean, obviously the goal of the, the goal of the month, Town put out over the weekend, and I, I put something online, and included in that, obviously I put the videos, and I watched that goal again about 15 times. It's just such a good guy anyway i'm digressing now i don't want to get too excited stewie what's your top five what are you saying
0: macaulay bond's just missed out on my top five i've got him at number six But the point i would make on him is that not only is he super motivated bleeds blue It's a phrase that gets often overused in football he genuinely does i think i'm sure that rubs off on others as well don't underestimate the impact that that has on his his sort of energy that he's bringing to the party and sort of educating people on the the history of the club and what it means to wear the badge. But I've got him at six. I'll go through my top five. I also have Sam Morsi as number one. Okay. I think he's going to be, I think, successful teams need a core, need a spine, and they need, like you say, that glue. Uh, I think one of the missing ingredients from the first games we've seen so far is that bit of midfield bite. Uh, maybe that little bit of leadership, someone that can help manage the game at key moments. He's just had four full seasons in the Championship. Sam Morsi's won the league title um, twice at Wigan. Obviously a bit bit part player the first time around. Key man the second time around. Um, there are more exciting players. Of course there is. But in terms of the one that will have the biggest impact over the course of 40-odd games, mm. Sam Morsi's the one for me. Um, you would think that and Selena would be a shoe in for the top two slots. Agonised over this one. I've got Carl Edwards as number two, just because okay. I've, fall- I've absolutely fallen in love mm. with him as a player so far. He's mesmerising. He's electric. Ross makes a good point. If you look at his stats, you just hope that the end product comes with with that as well. But he's twenty three years of age, and Ipswich Town have signed him on a free transfer. Um. And that just gave me, that just tipped him ahead of Selina that he's a permanent signing. He's a player that Ipswich could carry into the championship, that they could turn a healthy profit on at some stage further down the line. Mm. Um, so that's why I've got him in at two. First and Selina, then in at number three. There's just a tiny, tiny, slight question mark on him with the last season. I don't know what happened there, but he was part of a team that was relegated, didn't score for them. There's the heart issue now. How quickly is it before we're going to see him starting games or starting consecutive games? What role is he going to have in the side? But my word, his pedigree. This is a player who's played in the top flight of Holland. He's played in the top flight of France. He's played, came through the ranks at Man City. He's played a lot of Championship football. We loved him at Ipswich the first time around. And you would think he comes back a more mature, better rounded player after a couple of seasons at, at Swansea and whatnot. So um, I hope he's going to be as as special as everyone thinks. Um, Number four, I've also gone for a defender, and this one is based on instinct, hope. I've gone with George Edmondson. We haven't seen him yet. And if you look at his CV, he's been in the lower leagues. He's got a big move to Rangers. That hasn't quite panned out. And then he had a little loan spell at Derby. So we're not really basing this on his CV, And we can't base it on what we've seen so far. But I just hope that he's going to be the missing ingredient. Um, He looks like a confident character. They've given him a four-year contract for a reason. I think he could be a real asset to Ipswich Town going forward. So um, I've chucked him in there at four, um, as I say, based on nothing other than, than than a feeling, a gut feeling. And then five's going to surprise people as well. I've gone Christian Walton. Oh. I just don't think you can underestimate the value of a good, solid goalkeeper that gives confidence to everyone in front of them. Um, he has played a lot of championship football. He was a regular for Blackburn in a Blackburn team that finished mid-table in the championship. He's done it before under Cook. He knows what it takes to get out of this division. He's played a lot of football for a goalkeeper who's 25 years of age. Um I think there was every chance he'd been got a lot more game time for Brighton in the Premier League last season if he hadn't got a freak pre-season injury last summer. So I'm going to chuck him in there. I know goalkeepers aren't the most exciting of positions, but I've got him in in my top 5 again going back to it the spine of the team.
1: Mm. Yeah, I had a a frank exchange of discussions arising from my list and and my placement of Walton with friend of the show, Fighty Matt Thomas, over the weekend, who uh, was advocating just what you've done, Stewie, that you should be further up the list. And my defence, such as it was, is that goalkeepers are dull and therefore they're (laughs) (laughs) they're down... For him, for me, he's down in the the lower reaches. A couple of questions arising from your your list, though, Stewie. Edmondson above Burgess. Pourquoi?
0: Uh... I like Burgess a lot. I've got him in the sort of the mid-pack of, of the signings. I like left, left-footed left balance. He looks like he's going to be a sort of a mini-captain within the squad, having spoken to him and, and seen what he brings to the party. I think good in the air as well. All, all of those things. I, ju- I think he's a really solid centre-back signing. But I just think Edmondson might be, in terms of sort of future value and where he could go. Is this someone who's played under Rooney, under Scholes? Um He's had a bit of the Rangers pressure there. He's had the relegation scrap with Derby at the end of the last season. I think, um, as I say, it's, it's a gut feeling, and I've put him ahead of Burgess in terms of, like, I think, in you know, if you reflect in three years' time, I think he'll be the possibly the bigger asset. Might be wrong.
1: It's your list, and you're entitled to that. I can see Burgess and Edmondson being the, the centre back pairing for a long time. I mean, that, that sort of connection pairing that you could see going up into the championship and, and being a of the championship, isn't it? That's very exciting. Um, the other question from your list, and also for, for you as well, Rossi, we've all got Selina and Edwards in the top five uh, in varying positions. Can they play together? Can you put them both in the same team? Because they're players who may blow hot and cold. Um, the suggestion they both like prefer playing on the left-hand side. Um, I mean, you look at it and you think, wow. Edwards on one side, Fraser in the middle, Selena on the other side. Bloody hell. That's unbelievable. But can you play them in the same team, Rossi? I
2: think Selena may play number 10. I think yeah, he may play there. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. he's going to play there. Um, so, so you, yeah,
1: there, there you go. That's sorted. So, in, in that lineup, then you've got Edwards left, Selena 10. Who are you playing on the right? Fraser, Chaplin, Burns. Oh. I don't Ridiculous. like Fraser. Like, Fra- I'm,
2: like right I now, like when Fra- Fraser signed, I was um, I was just, unbelievable. Oh, wow, we've actually got him. And now it's like, oh, does he even start a team? Like, I don't want him on the wing. It just hasn't worked out for him, unfortunately. Um, I don't really know if he will play right. It's, it's t- so, too many options.
1: <laughs> you're so fickle. Five games in, I don't like Fraser. <laughs> no, no I like, no, I like
2: him. I like him. Just not on the wedge. He's okay, got no place.
1: So yeah. if he doesn't play 10 he doesn't play in your in your side if Selena's playing um Stewie, what do you think can, can those two play together and what would that what would the three be behind the striker for you
0: I think if you asked I reckon if you polled the majority of people now they'd probably go with Edwards left Selena 10 burns on on the right um, that's packed with skill and pace and direct running puts a lot of pressure on the two if you've got the fullbacks bombing on as well your two central midfielders need to be on it. And that's why Morsi's is going to be so, so important. And I hope that the Morsi-Evans axis, I know people right now might be going, oh, Harper and Evans has made some mistakes. I think Morsi and Evans, they've played a lot of football together at Wigan as a, as a duo. I think that experience might be in, in the two. But um, yeah, I think Ross is probably right. I think maybe a big selling point to Selena to come here is you're the main man and we almost sort of, build a lot of what we do around you and you can be the 10 and mm. go and go and do your business. But um, yeah, getting, getting that forward blend right is going to be uh, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's not always necessarily the best players that make, make the best teams and the quicker it's which uh, and Paul Cook finds that, that blend the better. My slight fear is that you fall back into the temptation of sort of rotating to try and keep everybody happy. And it, it doesn't necessarily help the team find find a rhythm so we'll see
1: mm, we will see right then boys moving on to six through ten right then number six on my list and I think if we if I return to this list midway through the season at the end of the season this man could be higher maybe even pushing for the top three spots Hayden Coulson I've gone for at six I think he's going to have a massive role to play this season on that left-hand side with uh with Edwards ahead of him I think it's a brilliant signing we've obviously seen him a little bit uh and he looked very promising Serious pedigree there as well. Number seven is your boy, Bond Roscoe, for reasons already discussed. I think there is an argument that he should be top five, but he's seven on my list. Eight is the man you don't like, Scott Fraser. Um, <laughs> just to just stress that that's not what Ross meant. It doesn't mean he doesn't like him. He just doesn't like him on the wing. He likes him very much, as you should. Um, he's the number eight on my list. Rakeem Harper is number nine because I still think um, he's a tremendous signing. And I think he's the sort of player. I hope he doesn't dip out of the side now with Morsey in. I hope it's it's Morsey and Harper that remain in, and Evans uh is the one maybe dropped out for a bit because I think Harper's the sort of player who's just gonna get better and better. He's so young. The more he plays, he's got Edwards, his mate on on the left of him now. I think that's gonna be tremendous. Uh, and number 10, he would have been a lot higher had I done it at the start of the season. Joe Piggott. Um, the guy who was brought in, as I say, to be the, the kind of mythical 20 goal a season striker. we have probably been in top five had I done it before the big kickoff. Obviously, it's not really worked out for him. And thus far, and I say that, he's obviously already scored two goals, so it's a bit harsh. But it does look, at least for the time being, that that Bon has won that starting striking spot. But I I do still think that Piggott merits a spot in the top 10. So, Rossi, what's what's your six through 10?
2: So, I'm the same with you. Number six is Hayden Coulson. Um, He's played one game, but I'm already impressed by him. Um, And he can... Cover that that forward line. Um, I know he's alone, just like Macaulay Bonnet. There are loans, um, but they're good loans. They're not just run the mill, you know, loans. They're actually you know promising players. Mm. So he's number six. Um, Emerson comes in seven. He hasn't played a game yet, but as Stu said, um, I think the interview, the coffee club thing he did with the the club, um, it sort of showed his personality there, and he's going to be another leader at the back. Yeah. Um, it's going to be difficult to see if um, if Wolfie starts now because if Emerson Ed- is f- up and ready, if he Emerson Ed- and um, Burgess in that mm. centre backs, um, so he's number seven and a four year deal from Rangers. Once again, who that was? Who who can expect us signing that sort of level of player? I'm just oh, still can't get over that. Uh, number eight is good old Joe Piggott, uh, Rodney. Um, well, he's 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 scored at this level. I know he hasn't started the way he's wanted. Um, He's got two goals, one very controversial, Mm. um, and then the penalty. But I think he'll be a a key player to score more goals for us as well. And I think you need your strikers to score um, all around the park. So Bon, Piggott, Norwood Mm. as well, hopefully, when he's fit and up and running. Mm. Number nine is the dream. Rakeem Arpa, he hasn't started maybe as much as you know he's done he's done better than lee evans we'll get on to mm. lee evans later but um i think he's gonna be fantastic and uh, this will be his first proper season of like senior football i know he's had a, a few appearances for west brom but he's an mm. sure opportunity to really make his name in football and number 10 is the man i do like scott fraser um <laughs> he's proven at this level he can score a lot of goals for mk dons and burton um, we're just going to try to forget the penalty and he will not take any more penalties. So, um, yeah, Scotty Fraser, good signing for League One.
1: There you go. Are you like me, Rossi? Do you hope that Harper retains his place in midfield now that Morsey's coming? I mean, obviously, there's three games before Morsey can play. He's got to serve that ban. But when Morsey does inevitably come into the side, it looks like either Evan, well, clearly Evans or Harper is going to get benched for a little while. Are you hoping that Harper is the man that that starts alongside Morsey?
2: Hmm. It's one of the because what Stu, I, I completely forgot Evans and Morsey played you know with each other at, you know at Wigan, um, mm. so you want to bring that relationship back. But I think Harper's got so much potential, um, so I just I think it just depends really on who we're facing. I think it depends you know how they how they line up and, but yeah, I think it'll be good if he does keep his space and you know Morsey starts with him and then Evans will just have to be knocking on the door. And they'll just switch up and it's 46 games in League One, a lot of games to be played. So um yeah we'll see.
1: Marathon not a sprint. Stewie, yeah. what's your what's your six through ten?
0: Barn at six for reasons dis- discussed. Then I've gone with Hayden Colson at seven. I think fullbacks are vital to this this Paul Cook style of play. The attacking fullbacks and as Ross says are very exciting debut for him and and Mm. his relationship with with Edwards or Selena that's got potential to be a really exciting one. I've then gone at number eight for Lee Evans, because I think if we'd have done this list a month or so ago, midway through, he was vying for the number one slot. And I don't think four or five, six games in should alter that massively. You know, he's still a player of championship pedigree, still a player who's done it under Paul Cook before. And as I say, I think my gut feeling is he'll get the nod to partner Morsi to start with because they've they played together before. So there's a bit of a ready-made partnership there. I think having someone to do more of the dirty work will allow Evans to to spray those passes left and right. And Paul Cook is very big on switch the play. If you listen to him, switch the play all the time. He wants them to move move them left and right and get those fullbacks involved. So I'll keep sort of Lee Evans quite, quite high in the list. Uh, Then I've got Burgess at number nine, because I think he will play the majority of the games and um, has looked decent so far. And then I've got Connor Chaplin in at 10, for reasons that you've discussed earlier, a player who, OK, a bit of an underwhelming debut to start with. He's had some injuries since then, but let's not forget. And it's very easy to forget when we're doing these lists. um, You know, you listen to the Mark Ashton interview and he talked about Chaplin and Edmondson being the turning point and getting calls from championship CEOs to say, wow, mm. good good players, good ages. you you know, that, that that was the that was the double deal that made the rest of the industry sort of sit up and take notice. And you look at his assist on the first day against Morecambe, a really nice sharp bit of play, one, two in the box. It's just where he's going to fit into this now, isn't it? But um I still think his background and his age merits him being in in that top ten.
1: Mm. Yeah, Evans is a good point. I mean, I think I said in, in my bit, actually, had I done it before the big kickoff, Evans would probably have been top. I think a lot of us picked him as the best signing of the summer and and potential MVP. Uh, and I'm just showing my incredible fickleness as a human being there that he's not in my top 10 now because I, I lauded him before a ball was kicked in anger. And I would have lauded him again after the Morecambe game because he was great in that. It's just obviously not gone to plan since. Uh, and the other thing is is the point that you think Morsey coming is perhaps bad news for Evans, but as you boys there have said, it could be it could be good news. A guy that he's played with before and will have a relationship with. So time will tell. Right then, boys. Now it gets interesting because we're moving into the lower spots now, mid-table into the lower spots. And there's still some incredible names that we've not we've not mentioned, which just is a reminder of how insane this transfer window's been. Number 11, for example, on my list is Louis Barry, who when he signed, we were very excited about, rightly so, because he's got pedigree. He's got floppy hair. He's a mini Grealish. He scored against Liverpool in the FA Cup last season. He's an incredibly exciting young talent, but he's not in the top 10 on my list. He's number 11. In fact, he's not in the top 10 on any of our lists. Number 12, Wes Burns. Again, seems a bit unfair putting him down in 12, but, um, especially considering he scored that, that cracker against Wimbledon, he's generally done all right. I do worry about his consistency. I think we've spoken before about whether or not he's going to be going Edwards, Mark two. There's that concern. 13 on my list, George Edmondson. Now when, um, Hutchie read my rankings. He scoffed at Edmondson being in 13, scoffed loudly and said that he wouldn't be there if I'd done it. He'd be much higher. Um, and clearly he's higher on your list, but I have put him there because we haven't seen him yet. And some wag pointed out we haven't seen Morsey and, uh, and Selena yet too, but it's my list. I'll do what I want. So he's in 13, uh, 14 fickle Heath, Lee Evans, the man who would have been top of the list because he's made a few mistakes. He's in 14 on my list. Get down there. Lee. Play yourself out of there. And then 15, because keepers are boring, Christian Walton. Yes, he might be the wall of steel that that helps town get to promotion, but keepers are boring. Prove me wrong. Do something exciting. Um, So that's my 11 through 15. Rossi, what are you saying?
2: Uh,
1: Number 11 is
2: um, a goalkeeper. (sighs) Um, Well, I think, as Stu said, you need to spy on the team. We didn't really have that you know, until deadline day, really, you know, when Morsey come in and then Walton, you need that of team. And we'll get on to the other goalkeeper in a minute. But, um, he's proven he's, well, he's got out of this division. He's played under Cook before. Um, but I think this is his season as well to really make a name for himself again, because I don't see a future of him at Brighton. So this will be an opportunity for him to mm. possibly earn a deal here. So, um, number 11 is Walton. Number 12 is the boy Lee Evans. um, he would be probably top five on my list um, if it wasn't for the games he's played so far. Course, <laughs> nothing, nothing great. He'd um,
1: have been top five if he hadn't played.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah. Because um, that was probably the, the signing of the summer when we were doing the, yeah. you know, in July. But um, yeah. he hasn't started so well. But I think he's still going to be a, a vital player this year. He's going to be another leader um, on, on the pitch when he does play. Um, even if he's on the bench, I'm sure he'll still bring that leadership there. Um, 13 is... Now, this will be a surprise one. Matt Penny. Oh. Now, my um we're working out here is we, last season we had Stephen Ward and Mars Kenlock. I repeat, Stephen Ward and Mars Kenlock. Now we've got Hayden Colson and Matt Penny. Now Matt Penny hasn't played much football really. Um, you know, he was at Sheffield Wednesday for so long. But I think he's just going to be a vital squad player. And I think that's what we need mm. a little bit at that position. Um, and I think he'll be a good you know player to bring on if we're 2-0 up or something, two one up. Trying to not concede and make it 2 2. And I think it'll just be a vital squad player. So um hopefully Matt Peddy will do well. He's not done so great really in the games he's played. He scored a crack against Cheltenham, but he has had a, a few off games. But um I think yeah, I mean, he's a vital player. Uh 14 is Connor Chaplin. Um, yeah, he didn't do great on his debut. Um unbelievable sign for League One. But um, I want to see some more from him. Um so and he's just he's just fourteen. So yeah. And fifteen is Wes Burns, Wes Burns. Um, I've been impressed by him. I was impressed by him last year when he's at Fleetwood. I don't think he's going to be a good on Edwards 2.0, but I think he may have a moment where he may not do well for like a month or two and mm. he'll come out of the team. But I think he's now a versatile player and um, he's got great hair.
1: He does have good hair. That's fact. Uh, and an excellent thigh tattoo as well, as, as we previously discussed. Um, Stewie, what's your...
0: When did, when did thigh tattoos become a thing?
1: couple of seasons ago wasn't it i mean footballers essentially one gets one and then they all get one um they, they move in packs don't they footballers uh, and that was very on vogue um I, I remember luke chambers got a massive one didn't he on his thigh um and i saw Burns said tattoo which is a from memory a, a pack of cards on his thigh um when he slid dramatically into a challenge just in front of us at dartford at the start of the season um so at some point stewie there'll be an opportunity to ask him about his tattoos but what's your um What's your 11 through 15?
0: This is where it gets tricky, isn't it? Um, Rakeem Harper, <clears throat> I've got in at 11. I kind of yep. felt bad not putting him higher because I think it's clear to see that he's got a lot of potential there at the moment. But I do think it is still potential. He's 21 years of age and I think he's someone that could really, I think he could develop at the same time as the club develops. But in terms of, I was trying to do this on who I think could make the biggest impact for the here and now. And the important yeah. time is the here and now for Ipswich. And I think now with the players they've signed, I'm not necessarily certain he's going to be playing week in, week out, but it's going to be fun watching him develop along the way. Um, number 12, Wes Burns. I think I said in, the, in that pod about the sort of the, the, the Edwards comparison a few weeks ago. And then he goes, and even in the first half of that game, Last time out, you're sort of thinking he sometimes runs into corridors or uh, in the same way that sort of Guion did. And then second half, that pace just, you know, wins the penalty, scores the goal. Uh, His versatility is a a big tick for me. I'm not convinced that Kane-Vincent Young is going to be a while before Kane-Vincent Young is rattling out game after game after the injuries that he's had. I think he's looked a little bit rusty, understandably so thus far. It wouldn't shock me if Wes Burns, with the increased attacking options, ends up playing quite regularly at right back. So I've got him in at number 12. Joe Piggott at 13. We've talked a lot about McCauley-Bond, but you have to have that competition and someone breathing down your neck up front. Um, And Joe Piggott himself said, been a bit of a slow start, more to come from me. And I've no doubt that we will see more from Joe Piggott. Then I've got Scott Fraser at 14, which is mad. I've completely contradicted myself because I said, I'm not going to be fickle. I'm not going to suddenly change my mind wildly on what we've seen thus far. I think when we did the chat a few weeks ago about who was their sort of most nailed on chance of success. And I think I put Scott Fraser certainly in that conversation. And here I am having him at number 14 in a list of 19. I just... He's a classy player, clearly, and you can see why he's been a, a top, top player at this level for a number of years now. But I just don't see where he fits in now. I don't. We've seen him enough on the wing for me to think that's not for me. And then the number 10 options there now with Selena also in the mix. Just don't see where he fits in. So for that reason, he's in at number 14. And then at 15, someone that none, nobody's mentioned thus far, I've got Tom Carroll. And I know people will go, oh, "Where's he gonna, is he going to play now? And there's the injury question mark hanging over him. This is a guy who's played close to 100 Premier League games. Not championship, Premier League games. Someone who was capped by England under 21s 17 times. You know, he was part of a team. He played Four starts, 15 sub appearances when Tottenham finished third in the Premier League was quite a sort of, a you know, reasonable fringe player with the likes of Kane and Son and Ericsson and Dembele and people like that. And it's only injuries that have given Ipswich Town any chance of signing. It really, it's a ridiculous signing. And because of the quantity of players that Ipswich have signed, that's almost been lost in amongst mm. all of this. And it wouldn't shock me. If he rapidly moves up this list. If this was a fluid list, I think he could get in and he could stay in. We've only seen a little cameo from him so far, but this is a guy who can who can handle the football and um, maybe even alongside Morsey at some stage. That that could end up they could end up falling upon that as being a, a central midfield duo. So I've got him in at fifteen, higher than I think most people would put him. And I'll also give the caveat that I think he could he could climb quite quickly.
1: Yeah, the Carroll one's interesting, isn't it? Because I kind of toyed with that. I mean, I think, as I said in my piece, if, if five years ago, Rostradamus had come to me and said, in five years, each town are going to sign Tom Carroll, I'd have been like, hey, we're in the Premier League, baby. That's a great signing. And obviously, it's not turned out like that. But as you say, Stu, the pedigree of the, of the boy, the quality, it's just a shame that he's made out of crisps, um, which means that he, he he just hasn't played that much. So... We'll see. He, he's obviously further down on my list, and I'll get onto that now. The final four, I suspect, Boyd, I suspect that we're all going to have the same person in the last spot. But anyway, 16th is Matt Penny, mainly because I think he's going to essentially just be a backup this season. I don't think he's a... Certainly, as you say, Rossi, he's certainly a better option than than Ward and Kenlock. But I can't see him starting. 17th is Tladke. The... Not worked out at all how he wanted to keep um, keepers obviously, such a confidence position. Walton's clearly been brought in to be the starter now. Kladke's going to have to sit on the bench for a while, maybe play in the Cups and, and try and get some confidence back. Don't write him off just yet, but, you know, in terms of this list, I'm afraid the only place he can be for me is in this bottom four, 17th. 18th is Tom Carroll for reasons previously discussed. Um, absolute quality pedigree. But, as I said... Um, likely to rupture an internal organ while tying his shoelaces. Um, and then 19, I think all of us would probably agree, Sonia Luco, which is the one signing, maybe Tom Carroll as well, with the one signing of this window who I've kind of gone, hmm, what? Um, I mean, you can see, obviously, he's got pedigree, changed hands for seven and a half million not too long ago. Um, uh, and I, I just don't see where he fits, really, in that amazing, bristling attack that Town have got now. I can see him being... A very valuable guy in the dressing room as a as a senior voice he's one of the the older players they've signed, maybe the oldest actually um as someone who's been there and done it and and can kind of mentor the youngsters and be a valuable voice in that dressing room but for me, I just of the whole nineteen he's the one that kind of stands out as the one that doesn't really fit with with the rest of them anyway, I digress rossi, who's your bottom four
2: no 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 not bottom they're just they're just there yeah. um <clears throat> sixteen Tom Carroll. Um sort of echo what Stu said, you know, that pedigree he's got, but then also what you said, the injuries. Hopefully he doesn't get the curse of Itchwich to Town with the injuries. Um, but I think it'll be a good squad player to have as well. And you yeah, as you as Stu said, you never know, he could be part of that duo in that midfield. You just you just don't know with suspensions and injuries and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um seventeen is this guy. <laughs> uh, so I got bring I've got to bring that out again, I'm sorry. Um but yeah, he's not had a great start, has he? Um, but I think you always need a good backup um goalkeeper. I think Walton will start, but I think love. I think he will um of course play the cup games and you never know. He may come back into the team. You just never know. Um he's just not had a great start. But I think the pressure has maybe got to him a little bit. Mm. Um eighteen is Louis Barry. I just yeah, he played for Barcelona. Yeah, he scored against Liverpool. But I don't know. I think he's just going to be too lightweight for League One. Um, and do we need him? Like, like maybe when we needed him when we when he first signed. But mm. I'm just not that excited by him. Um, I think he'll get recalled in January, and then he'll go out on loan to another League One club. Um, but best of luck to him. I think he's got talent, definitely. Um, you know, Jack Relish 2.0. But um, I just don't think we need him, and he may not even play. Um, like people argument, oh, why we loaned in Barry and we've loaned out Dobra, but Dobra needs to play football. Mm. Barry, if he's here, he's on the bench and plays, you know, the Papa John's trophy and plays a few games, it's fine. But um, that's the reason why uh, Barry's there. And yeah, sorry, Sonny, Aluko, you're um, not played very well so far. And uh, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, really. Um, I think maybe Paul Cook's brought him in because that experience sort of heads. I'm sure he's going to be great in the dressing room. I'm sure he's going to be great on the training ground. I'm sure he's a great character. Um but yeah, I just don't see him playing many games. He may play the Papa Johns and play against Luke Chambers against Colchester, but um but yeah, bit of a weird one that one. But yeah, we'll see.
1: Again, showing the fickleness we well, certainly me and you have shown thus far, Rossi, because when Louis Barry signed, as I recall, you sent the words Louis Barry to the group chat with about fifteen fire emojis. Um and he's now yeah. he's eighteenth on your list. <laughs> yeah, that that's before
2: that's before Selena. Yeah. Um who else, who else signed after that.
1: Edwards was Edwards, Edwards. before, or after? yeah. I, don't I think know. he was after,
2: wasn't he? Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, Louis. Um, I'm sure you're not a good lad, but um, he also gets meals the same meals as I get from um, Adam Goodrum, oh, does he he? Used to be the, yeah. So big up, big up Adam Goodrum with his food. So, um, but yeah, sorry, Louis. His meal
1: prep, um, yeah. Stewie, who are your not bottom four, but bottom four? Mm.
0: Yeah, I feel a little bit mean when we get to this stage of the list because it's um early days and I'm sure they're all going to contribute. And I think you need that. I'm comfortable with the size. I know people are saying Paul Cook talked about having a, a tight-knit squad and working with a sort of a 22-man squad. And But it's a long season and Ipswich, we've seen, have not had the greatest of uh, joy with injuries over recent years. So there's every chance that not everybody's going to be fit at all times. So... I think it's good to go into a long season with as much uh, weaponry in your arsenal. So I'm delaying, aren't I? Let's get to the bottom. The bottom four. Matt Penny at 16. I think he looks like a very capable uh, backup option at left back. And the way that Paul Cook wants his fullbacks to play with with sort of complete energy, there's a chance that that Coulson like. KVY will need to be dipped out from time to time and Penny looks like he'll step in fine. I've then gone with Sonia Luco at 17. He's not bottom for me. And it was a bit of a one, even when they signed him, like, OK, do they need him? And even now with the sign, even more so with the players that have come in, you're going, would they have signed him now if they knew that they were going to get Selina? I think that even right up until the last minute, they were never sure that they were going to get Selina. And if they knew that they were going to get Selena, they probably wouldn't have done one of Aluko or Barry. You imagine, but I'm not prepared to write Sonny Aluko off based on. I, I think he would, clearly wasn't fully fit in that Newport game. He was poor, really poor in that Newport game. But I just I, that to me looked like he was. Uh, he was, he was, was just,
2: poor. He was poor in the previous game against Wimbledon. But anyway, move on. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Did he come on in that game towards the end, the Wimbledon game? Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was a little bit better in that game, but it's um I'm not prepared. Yeah, look, he's in the bottom he's in the bottom three, but I'm not putting him bottom because I think he's you know you can't discount his experience and uh if there is a slight door jar in those attacking positions, it's probably more on the right side. We've talked about Edwards and Selina being sort of left side options. Chaplin can kind of play left or ten, but those mm. kind of more bespoke right-sided players, if Burns ends up going to right-back, which I discussed, then who plays on the right? Do you start crowbarring a Selena on the right? Or does the door open for Sonia luco And does he get fitter? And does he get better? I don't know. Listen, I've not put him high in my list, but I've not put him bottom, which then gets me to the bottom too. I've gone with Louis Barry at 18. Um, I think if they knew they were getting Selena, they... They wouldn't have done this, um, and there's every chance if he's if he's struggling for gain time, which it looks like he will, then um, that recall could happen in January. I agree. Um, and then Ross, hit play.
2: I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. Václav Holadky.
0: Thank you. Um, <laughs> I feel so mean putting him in in there, but it's not it's not been the great start for him. It's not just been the goals conceded there's been positioning for the free kick and you could argue that the spill for the the late equalizer recently wasn't you could split hairs on that but it's been his it's been his overall play that's just looked a little bit jittery and and nervy, nervy and someone who's stepped up from league 2 and and maybe as as you've said a, li- a little bit sort of overawed by the uh the step up in club and the stadium and everything thus far and now with Christian Walton in the door doesn't often become a jar for a goalkeeper. You either play or you don't. And uh, I think once Walton's in, he'll stay in. And ultimately, it looks like you've spent a decent amount of money. I know it's undisclosed, but you've still spent a decent amount of money on a a backup goalkeeper. Um, I hope he'll um, he'll come good and he'll prove a useful sort of backup option. But um, of all the signings, someone had to be bottom. And
1: gone poor old Vaz. Okay, fair enough. There's our ranking then, one through nineteen. I hope you've enjoyed that little debate that we've done. Some good points made there, I thought, particularly by me, boys, um, as usual. <laughs> um, let us know what you think. Uh, obviously, everyone will have different opinions, and that's what it's all about. Get involved. Let us know what you think. Um, one final question or two final questions, boys, before we move on to to Bolton this weekend. Of that one to nineteen, your lists, who would you say has the greatest potential to rise the most over the season, and who has the greatest potential to drop the most? over the season. For me, I think Edmondson, as I said, I put him down in twelfth or thirteenth, I think he is on my list. I think he has the potential to to rise into the top five, certainly, when we start to see him play for reasons already discussed. And I think in terms of dropping, whisper this quietly, and I hope I'm I'm wrong. I frequently am Kyle Edwards, I think, is a sort of player that may blow hot and cold and will be amazing and clearly has been brilliant so far. But I wonder if, he's, if he has one bad game, is that then going to turn into two bad games? And is, you know, that kind of thing. I hope I'm wrong because I, I love him. He's one of my, the favourite signings probably that Town have made in, in the off season. Um, but there we go. I'm saying Kyle Edwards, potentially the biggest drop, George Edmondson, potentially the biggest rise. Roscoe, what are you saying?
0: Oh,
2: uh, I, for a second now, I was gonna say Selena, and that's a big one. I mm. just I don't know. Last time he was here, he was unbelievable for six months, and then he just yeah, then went away and didn't really want to run back. But then of course that was a time when we had a very negative Mick McCarthy team. But I think he can be that sort of play, he may be unreal for three games, and he may be a bit inconsistent for a few games. Um actually, you know what? I'm gonna go with Selena. I think he could possibly... A lot of people are loving it at the moment, and he's fantastic. I'm excited. I can't wait to see mm. him play. But I think there'll be a moment where fans will be maybe getting a bit frustrated with him, maybe, if he hasn't kicked on as good as we hope he was going to. Um, but I think he'll be the, maybe there. And I think Chaplin, I've got him 14. I think he'll He'll come good at some point. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to replace Selena, but I think he is our player at the end of the day. Mm. Selena is on loan. I don't know if there's a potential him permanently coming here, Selena. but I think Chaplin will have that rise and I think he'll get that chance, Chaplin, at some stage. But, uh, but yeah.
1: Okay. You, Stewie, I think you've probably already alluded to your biggest riser, haven't you? W- would you say Tom Carroll? Yeah, Tom,
0: Tom Carroll, for the reasons discussed, would probably be at placed 15 in my list, the one that I think has got the potential to kind of climb up that mm-hmm. quite significantly. I'm inclined to agree with Ross, and I hate saying it, but I just... There is just Selena. It's um, not hate agreeing with Ross. I, I just I don't I want <laughs> Selena to be everything we want him to be, and he's um, just it's going to take a bit of time. I think everyone's excited about him, but he's obviously he's he's, had, he's going to have ended up having a three month period off. I don't think he's going to be available this weekend against Bolton before he's sort of medically signed off. Potentially, I don't I, if just looking at the time frame of that three months when he first got told about that, and then. You know, he's got probably got going back to the start of pre-season and Paul, Paul Cook wanting to get his players up to a, a level of fitness. So um potential for him to to slip a little bit in terms of where the expectations for him right now and what, what he might end up contributing, um, mm. which will still be significant, hopefully. Um so yeah, and the, the other two is is bon and Piggott. I mean that we've all got Bourne ahead of Piggott in that pecking order that you know there's every chance that it gets in and hits a hot streak at some stage
1: and those two kind of go like that um that will be the nature of that position hopefully they're going like that all season Stu. because that i mean there's there's a lot of competition and they're both doing relatively well in spells and that's what you need isn't it and obviously we we keep forgetting that, that james norwood is still around obviously he's not a, a summer signing but don't forget about norwood um he hot still take, has a play, and this yeah.
0: might act as a nice little segue to our final section here james norwood will come off the bench and have an impact against Bolton on Saturday.
1: Lovely little segue, Stewie, like the professional that you are. Before we get on to Bolton, let's just have a short pause for a sponsorship break and remind you that you can use code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. I myself boys have used it this very week. I finally crumbled and bought myself a weed whacker. The wife said, your nose is an absolute disgrace. Um, uh, and there you go. So I've got my orders. I'm getting a wee whacker in to sort out the nose and ear hair. And I've also bought myself a nice little trimming kit for the nails and all that. Very cool. Use code Manscaped.com to get 20% off and free delivery. Fantastic stuff there. And also a reminder, we're also brought to you in association with the new Woolsey Theatre and the new show they're putting on, um, which starts next month, Thursday, the 16th of September, runs till Saturday, the 9th of October Never Lost at Home, which is the follow-up to Our Blue Heaven, which is about the FA Cup win. This one is about that incredible season where Town won the Wafer Cup, still the the only, obviously, European triumph in the club's great history. Uh, And actually, myself and Andy are going to bring you a special podcast later in the week, speaking to the director uh, and also the star of the show, who plays Bobby Robson. Um, which is something a bit different. And obviously, with our, as we discussed previously, our incredible theatrical background, me and Hutchie are clearly the men to do that. So look out for that later this week. Something a bit different from KOA. Now then, boys, let's move on then, shall we? Bolton this weekend. Town still haven't won. They've made 19 signings. There's a lot of excitement, but on the pitch, it's not come together yet. They've just had a week off. You'd think everything is perfect for them. They've They've had time on the training pitch. They've got another home game. Is this going to be the weekend? Stewie Watson, I'm going to come to you first. Is it going to be the weekend? We get lift off and town go on, get the first of what will be 35 wins in a row. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've been here before.
0: Um. After the window shut, I won't lie to you. I had a little look at what the odds were for Ipswich to win the league. Because I just thought if there was a window of time where which had gone winless in five at the start of the season, their odds would have dropped. You looked at, at that stage, you know, the, the signings that they'd made and it was 14 to one, I think, and I was tempted. And then I thought, mm, getting a bit carried away here, you know, it's it going to take a little bit of time to get going. And I think they've certainly mm. given themselves a lot of work to do on that front. So I, I'm excited. I'm enthused. I think... I've seen enough in the performances thus far to know that it's going to come good at some point. I do genuinely believe that we're going to hit this tipping point at some point. Will it happen Saturday? I'm not sure. Bolton's a Bolton went on a ridiculous run to get promoted from January onwards last year. And they've started pretty well in, in League One thus far. They've only lost four games in their last 31. So that's why Ipswich Town are up against this weekend. They've got some... Some some decent players in there. Owen Doyle up front has, has scored goals throughout his career. Sarkovic is the, the number 10, I think is a, is a decent player. Um, sounds like they absolutely dominated Burton in a 0-0 home draw uh, last time out. Um, Ian Evitt, I just find the quote, said the whole country can now see that Bolton Wanderers are on their way back. So that's the sort of vibe surrounding them at the moment. So as much as... We're looking at it through Ipswich Town, blue tinted specs at the moment. It's another tricky game for Ipswich. It is another tricky game, but I have to go with a win. I think they'll I think I think they can get it done.
1: Two two one I've gone for. I hope you're right, Stu. Roscoe what what do you think? And what would you do with the team? Because this is the first time you'd imagine that there's going to be some players available that haven't been so far, Edmonton, for example. Um what would you what would you do with the the starting eleven?
2: Oh, it's so it's, t- it's difficult. I don't know how Paul Cook's gonna decide on certain players. Who's gonna start? Who's gonna get dropped? Um, you yeah, know the obvious one. Yeah, Morris is not available, so you know he's gonna Evans and Harper will probably start. Although, will he bring Tom Carroll in? You just don't know. Mm. Is Emerson fit? Then is he raring to get a go?
0: We're, we're,
1: we're assuming he is, aren't we?
0: Well, it sounded like he was really touch and go for the last game out, and he mm. obviously didn't didn't play in that one. And now we'll be two weeks on from that, so you would imagine. Uh, he would be in the discussion. Um, I thought Wolfenden didn't play quite well last time out. Actually, I think Burgess has kind of brought out the best in him. And I know yeah. we've talked about some of the mistakes and being a bit casual in the early games, but I think with uh, Burgess alongside him, he did all right. So for me, there's probably four big calls through the spine of the team. Um, you would imagine Walton will go straight in and goal. Coulson nailed on, Burgess, Vincent Young, Burns and Edwards on, on the wings. It's through that spine of the team, isn't it? Edmondson or Wolfenden. like you say, Harper may be in for one of the two central midfielders. Wouldn't rule that out. Bond or Piggott. Obviously, Bond missed out last time. Uh, don't know where he'll, he'll be at with his injury. And then who plays as the 10? They, they've not really fallen on that thus far. Do you go with Fraser again? Will Chaplin be back in the mix now? We talked a lot about mm. him in that chat. He might suddenly come straight back in and, and play as a 10. We'll see. But... Um, yeah, just they need to get that spine that core settled on as as quick as possible.
1: Mm. Do you think that then is not going to play this weekend?
0: I'd be surprised. Um okay. I'd be surprised. Yeah, they had this enforced 3 month period with the uh, with the heart condition and everything. Even if he's signed off medically okay, you'd imagine then they're not going to just chuck him straight into a a starting 11.
1: Mm. Okay, we shall see. So, Stewie's saying win. Rossi, are you feeling as confident?
0: Mm, mm. I want to be
2: confident, confident, but I think it's gonna be a draw. You know, I think it's it's <laughs> just a two, two. draw. Yeah, yeah. Why not? i um, have <laughs> looking at Bolton's. You know, they had three. They they like three three. Uh, their first Ooh. opening two games were three three draws against MK Dons and Wimbledon. Um, they beat Lincoln one 0 at Lincoln. They beat Oxford two one at home. But then they lost against Cambridge one 0 at Cambridge. So. And then, of course, last night, uh, Monday night, Paul Cook of course was there when they drew 0-0 with Burton at home. Um, so it could go either way. It could be loads of goals, or it could be a nil nil. But the Town side at the moment, we I think we're going to score goals, but then we're going to concede some as well. But Walton well, in goal now, maybe finally we've got that sorted. But uh, I want to go for one one draw. I just I I think Bolton. Well, this is going to be a tough one, but hopefully okay. I'm I'm wrong and it will <laughs> we'll win two three 0
1: But nil one one. That was the most going around the houses preview of a score. It could be nil 0 It could be three three. I mean, to be fair, one side could win, one side could lose. You never know. Um, so there you go. You're saying one one. Eventually, um is so saying two one. I'm going to say, uh, oh man, oh, I really want Tan to win. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say two one as well. Uh, I really, really hope this is lift-off this weekend, uh, and I really hope Selena gets to play as well because I. Obviously, Ronaldo is going to return to Man United Disney this weekend, make his second debut, and that is going to go off. That's going to be nuts. I, that is one of the Premier League games. I don't generally watch much Premier League football, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing that, just the atmosphere when he walks back out onto the, the theatre of dreams. Uh, and we could have our own little moment like that when Shalina returns on Saturday if he plays. So, fingers crossed, we get to see him at some point and, and maybe have a, a hand in the win. So, to... I think
0: I think him and Morsi will get paraded before the game to yeah. come out, get a nice big, big welcome in their, in their yeah. bench where, welcome the deadline day signings.
1: We will um, see. Hopefully, hopefully, town get a lift off this weekend. Obviously, look out for, for Andy Warren's million pound picks because he's losing money hand over fist again. The boy's now taken a third job to pay off his debts. Unbelievable. His missus kicked him out. This is all lies, by the way. It's not true. Uh, <laughs> just for the record, Andy Warren does not have a gambling problem.
0: Or <laughs> sleep in his car.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, right then, before we go, just a reminder then, just to support our sponsors, um, use the code KO8manscape.com for 20% off and free delivery uh, on all the club are there. And also get your tickets now. New Wolsey Theatre, never lost at home, um, starts Thursday the 16th of September, runs to Saturday the 9th of October. Tickets start from just £10, Available via the new Wallsley website and look out for that special podcast coming at you later on this week. Look out too for the Tractor Girls Talk, which is um, quickly growing an audience, Rossi. And obviously the, the ladies are doing tremendous stuff, five out of five. Uh, unbelievably though, Ross, even though they've won five out of five, they're actually 10 goals behind on goal difference to Southampton. Insane. Yeah. Southampton,
2: they need to stop scoring nine goals in back-to-back back <laughs> games. Uh, they've, they've won 9 nil in the last two games. So um, I know we did that last season in the... No, tier below, we'll winning 10-nil against Norwich and all that. But uh yeah, Southampton stopped scoring and um well, maybe we need to score more, but um I think it's gonna be us and Southampton fighting for that top spot. So when, goal difference when,
1: could play, yeah. When do they play Southampton? December,
2: and it's then the last game of the season at home against Southampton. So that could oh. be the big decider. So oh my oh.
1: goodness, absolutely. Oh. I mean, in December it could be a battle of two unbeaten sides. And then last day of the season, good Lord, that could be the battle for the title. Wow. I'm excited as I usually am. Um, Go back. Obviously, as I've already mentioned, listen to the Mark Ashton interview if you haven't, because it's absolutely on fuego. It's caliente, just like the weather. Um, The boys did a tremendous job with that. And hopefully we can bring you more of that throughout the season. um, Give us a five star review on iTunes um, because it helps us greatly in the visibility in the charts and followers across all social media, Kings of Anglia on YouTube. This is what we're growing at the moment, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and also friends, Remember that we've been nominated, shortlisted for our second national award, Best EFL Pod in the Football Content Awards. I repeatedly called it the Football Choice Awards last week because (laughs) I had a whiskey and I was a bit tipsy. I've forgotten (laughs) what it was called. That's the Football Content Awards, friends, and you can vote for us at Best EFL Pod podcast category you can vote for us in three different ways either via their website you can whack it on twitter look for their guidelines there and also vote for us on instagram so if all of you the thousands of you in the koa army vote for us we'd absolutely walk that award and she would have a nice one to put on his shelves behind him there That would look very good indeed best efl podcast also to say friends is thank you for joining us again we're coming at you thick and fast this week with the various shows, but hopefully you're enjoying all of them. This has been a long one. We're going to go outside now and do a bit of sunbathing. I might get a whiskey and Coke on the go. Uh, have a great start to the week. Enjoy the sun. And we'll speak to you again next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to football,
2: more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash